0: Chapter Three Seven, of Gargantua and Pantagruel, Book Three, by Francois Rabelais. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. How Panurge had a flea in his ear, and forbore to wear any longer his magnificent codpiece. Panurge, the day thereafter, caused Pierce his right ear after the jewish fashion and thereto clasped a little gold ring of a ferny like kind of workmanship in the bezel or collet whereof was set and encased a flea and to the end you may be rid of all doubts you are to know that the flea was black oh what a brave thing it is in every case and circumstance of a matter to be thoroughly well informed the sum of the expense hereof being cast up brought in and laid down upon his council-board carpet was found to amount to no more quarterly than the charge of the nuptials of a hyrcanian tigress even as you would say six hundred thousand maravedis at these vast costs and excessive disbursements as soon as he perceived himself to be out of debt he fretted much and afterwards as tyrants and lawyers used to do he nourished and fed her with the sweat and blood of his subjects and clients he then took four french ells of a coarse brown russet cloth and therein apparelling himself as with a long plain seamed and single-stitched gown left off the wearing of his breeches and tied a pair of spectacles to his cap in this equipage did he present himself before pantagruel to whom this disguise appeared the more strange that he did not as before see that goodly fair and stately codpiece which was the sole anchor of hope wherein he was wonted to rely and last refuge he had midst all the waves and boisterous billows which a stormy cloud in a cross fortune would raise up against him honest pantagruel not understanding the mystery asked him by way of interrogatory what he did intend to personate in that new-fangled prosopopia i have answered panurge a flea in mine ear and have a mind to marry in a good time quoth pantagruel you have told me joyful tidings yet would not i hold a red-hot iron in my hand for all the gladness of them it is not the fashion of lovers to be accoutred in such dangling vestments so as to have their shirts flagging down over their knees without breeches and with a long robe of a dark brown mingled hue which is a colour never used in Tularian garments amongst any persons of honour quality or virtue if some heretical persons and schismatical sectaries have at any time formerly been so arrayed and clothed though many have imputed such a kind of dress to cozenage cheat imposture and an affectation of tyranny upon credulous minds of the rude multitude i will nevertheless not blame them for it nor in that point judge rashly or sinistrously of them every one overflowingly aboundeth in his own sense and fancy yea in things of a foreign consideration altogether extrinsical and indifferent which in and of themselves are neither commendable nor bad because they proceed not from the interior of the thoughts and heart which is the shop of all good and evil of goodness if it be upright and that its affections be regulated by the pure and clean spirit of righteousness and on the other side of wickedness if its inclinations straying beyond the bounds of equity be corrupted and depraved by the malice and suggestions of the devil it is only the novelty and new-fangledness thereof which i dislike together with the contempt of common custom and the fashion which is in use the colour answered Panurge is convenient for it is conformed to that of my council-board carpet therefore will i henceforth hold me with it and more narrowly and circumspectly than ever hitherto i have done look to my affairs and business seeing i am once out of debt you never yet saw man more unpleasing than i will be if god help me not lo here be my spectacles do see me afar off you would readily say that it were friar john burgess i believe certainly that in the next ensuing year i shall once more preach the crusade bounce Buckram, do you see this russet doubt not but there lurketh under it some hid property an occult virtue known to very few in the world i did not take it on before this morning and nevertheless am already in a rage of lust mad after a wife and vehemently hot upon untying the codpiece point i itch i tingle i wriggle and long exceedingly to be married that without the danger of cudgel blows i may labour my female copesmate with the hard push of a bull devil oh the provident and thrifty husband that i then will be after my death with all honour and respect due to my frugality will they burn the sacred bulk of my body of purpose to preserve the ashes thereof in memory of the choicest pattern that ever was of a perfectly wary and complete householder cop's body this is not the carpet whereon my treasurer shall be allowed to play false in his accounts with me by setting down an x for a v or an l for an s for in that case should i make a hail of fisticuffs to fly into his face look upon me sir both before and behind it is made after the manner of a toga which was the ancient fashion of the romans in time of peace i took the mode shape and form thereof in trajan's column at rome as also in the triumphant arch of septimus severus i am tired of the wars weary of wearing buff coats cassocks and hokotons my shoulders are pitifully worn and bruised with the carrying of harness let armor cease and the long robe bear a sway at least it must be so for the whole space of the succeeding year if i be married as yesterday by the mosaic law you evidenced in what concerneth the breeches my great-aunt laurence did long ago tell me that the breeches were only ordained for the use of the codpiece and to no other end which i upon a no less forcible consequence give credit to every wit as well as to the saying of the fine fellow galen who in his ninth book of the use and employment of our members allegeth that the head was made for the eyes for nature might have placed our heads in our knees or elbows but having beforehand determined that the eyes should serve to discover things from afar she for the better enabling them to execute their designed office fixed them in the head as on the top of a long pole in the most eminent part of all the body no otherwise than we see the fairies or high towers erected in the mouths of havens that navigators may the further off perceive with ease the lights of the nightly fires and lanterns and because i would gladly for some short while a year at least take a little rest and breathing time from the toilsome labour of the military profession that is to say be married i have desisted from wearing any more a codpiece and consequently have laid aside my breeches for the codpiece is the principal and most especial piece of armour that a warrior doth carry and therefore do i maintain even to the fire exclusively understand you me that no turks can properly be said to be armed men in regard that codpieces are by their law forbidden to be worn chapter three seven